day after day, we hear more and more that Ezekiel Elliott is just done. He's over. That there is not the same steam that we once had. It continues today. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about Zeke. We're going to talk about Leonard Fournette. We're going to talk about Kareem Hunt. And we have a very special guest to join us. We've got Aaron St. Dennis at the FF Mad Scientist on Twitter. Can't wait to chat with him on Player Profiler today. Welcome to the show. Happy to have you on. How is it going, my friend? Hey, Jack. Thanks for having me. It's going great. Glad to be here. Good, good. Happy to have you. Of course, had to rock the Canadian swag because Aaron, I believe, are we the only two Canadians left that player profiler? Jacob used to be here, but he said goodbye. He had to get a grown-up job. Yeah, no, I didn't even know. It's funny how many times I talk to you and then only to find out you're 35 minutes away, so... That's, it was amazing. So you talk to these people and some of them are on the other side of the world and then some are right down the highway from you. So quite literally, quite literally just around the corner. It is quite great. Aaron, make sure you plug your pluggables. Toronto Dave is pumped that you are here. Of course, Toronto, Toronto Dave, Dave, our friend, the other Canadian on player profiler today constantly. But what are your pluggables? Make sure everyone's following you because you did a phenomenal team by team series recently. Oh, I'm everywhere. I, I, I'm so many places. I forget where I'm at. My, my writings, a lot of it's at player profiler. Then check me out on the mad science lab podcast. We started with a rookie, my guy series, but as drafts, our rookie drafts have wrapped up, we've transitioned into a team by team breakdown all month long. One team every day, a different analyst on every day. Who did you do? Baltimore? I think you were I did the Ravens. I yeah, did the break them down. Ravens. Just kind of take a look at the depth chart, see what we think about them for fantasy, and just go one team by team all the way to the end of the month. And so far, none of those teams have Ezekiel Elliott. He is going to take his time. The <laughs> He is willing to take his time in the same way that Indomitian Sue is willing to take his time, except... Well, no, I'm going to come here before training camp. <clears throat> Dominic and Sue has said, no, nah, I'll, I'll, I'll sign up after training camp. I'll come for week one. Zeke, well, no, I'm going to wait for the best situation, but I want to win. And also, uh, I, I'll, I'll be there for training camp if you need me to. What do yeah. you make of it? You know what I make of all of this? Zeke, Hunt, Fournette. There's three of them. All the running backs are sprinting down the field. There's three little landmines sprinkled throughout the field. You don't know where they are, and you're not sure which one of your running backs is going to step on them, but someone's going to step on one of these landmines, and it's going to completely ruin the value. Um, I would love to see – like, I'm out on Zeke right now because he did look pretty washed last year. Uh, having said that, if Zeke signs with Denver, I think Javante Williams, despite reports, I think he's going to miss a little bit of time here. He signs with Denver, I'm going to be right back in. A, a, a ahead of Samaj P. Ryan, who is the RB1 out of Zeke and Samaj P. Ryan? Um, <laughs> um, what a gross question. Pass. <laughs> oh, I'm, all, I'm honestly offended that I asked you that. That is a disgusting question. But with Zeke, it's interesting because he's taking his time. He wants, wants to wait and see. He wants a situation that he's going to win at. What I'm hearing is... He's not getting the calls. He's not getting the offers. He is not getting what he wants. And so he's 
hoping that there's going to be some sort of injury, some desperate team comes calling that they need him. Then he gets the price tag that he wants. Then he'll be playing again. Because right now the Buccaneers have told him that if you're going to come here, you're playing for $1 million. You are playing for the veteran minimum. That's what you're worth. I think that's what you're going to see, though. You're going to see him signing in training camp someone or even maybe early in the preseason someone's going to lose a running back they're going to overpay for the one-year guy in Elliott and he might have a little bit of Indomitian Sue in him here where he just wants to wait and skip training camp doesn't want to have to go through OTAs and all that he's just content to wait show up a couple of weeks before the season starts and cash one more paycheck <laughs> definitely I think he wants to cash more than one paycheck I think Zeke is hoping this is a paycheck to a paycheck but if you want to make some paychecks go and check out underdog fantasy podfather take it away let's take a moment to talk about underdog fantasy now many of you have already signed up thousands have signed up from player profile already over the years underdog has supported us since 2020 much of what you see on player profiler is because of underdog because of their support get the underdog app plug in that promo code underworld and they're making the nba fun their nba pickums It's changed my Wednesday night. It's changed my Sunday afternoon. I used to play underdog just for the best ball drafts. I mean, the best ball drafts are amazing. These draft rooms fill so quickly, and you can win life-changing money. You want to take advantage of all the sleepers we talk about on this show? Well, what better place than in an underdog draft room to do that? And I recommend taking your underdog play to the next level by diving into their NFL pick'ems. It's important to correlate those NFL pick'ems. You can pick both the quarterbacks and the wide receivers to exceed expectations. Correlate them and you can 5x your payout. Bada bing, bada boom. Underdog Fantasy, the promo code is Underworld. For an instant deposit match up to $100, Underdog is the truest friend of the Underworld. You know what? The uh, That Underdog commercial, every time I see it, always makes me disappointed. It looks like they're having so much fun and we can't play it here in Ontario. Oh, I know. It's, it's awful too because we used to be able to. That's the worst part is we got a taste of it. We got the privilege of it. And then they ripped it away from us. Now I I try to go in and sign up for leagues and it says, sorry, we're no longer available in your area. Just disappointing. It's awful. (laughs) It's absolutely awful. So is Joe. It's awful, but it's true. Zeke wants a bag that isn't coming. It's not going to get here. And he can play underdog fantasy, just not at a facility. So it's a good thing that Zeke's not signed right now. He can play all of the underdog that he wants. Awesome. awesome. Zeke was generational. Saquon generational. Now Bijan is generational. That is a lot of generations. It's true. It's true. And generational is really thrown around too much. Transcendent might be another way to describe it, but Either way, I think that's a testament to why you don't draft a running back at eight like the Atlanta Falcons did. All right. Prime. All three of them in their prime. Rank the three of them. Ooh, in their prime between Zeke, Fournette, and Hunt? No, no, no. uh, uh, Zeke, Barkley, Bijan. Oh, Oh, I I was thinking of the free agents. Nobody wants to rank the other three. Oh, I I think it's got to be Saquon. And then I'd go Bijan Zeke, but I think it's a clear cut Saquon at the top. I think I, I have Saquon. I think Zeke and Bijan. I'm I'm okay with that. I'm really okay with that because Ze- and Zeke as a freshman, he could have gone to the NFL after his first yeah. year. Yeah, he could. I they, wish he would have instead of haunting Michigan. There needs to be some sort of waiver system that if 
let's say two thirds of the NFL sign off. Yes, you are good enough to come to the NFL right now. You should be allowed yeah. into it. Trevor Lawrence, Zeke, these kinds of players where you just know from day one, Marvin Harrison Jr. He could be in the it's, NFL right now. It's like well, you're you're Canadian, you're in Ontario, and the OHL they grant underage people exceptional status, and it only happens to maybe one player every five or ten years, but. It has happened, so the NFL, the NFL should do that. Exceptional status. Connor McDavid. It happened to him. Now he yeah. is the greatest in the world. And it honestly probably would have happened for Leonard Fournette as well. We kind of sleep on how great he was as a prospect. It's fun to make fun of him, the fat Lenny memes. But even in the NFL, he was a successful running back in the NFL. A great prospect. It's just – it's more fun to meme on these guys to say that they're fat and they're slow and they're slobs, but they still have something. Yeah. Could you imagine though, if Bijan had gotten exceptional status, how much higher the hype would be? It's already out of control, but it's insane. But yeah, I don't know. These three, like I said, they're going to ruin someone's fantasy, fantasy running back because I don't think any of them are completely washed. I think they all have at least one season left. And like I said, if I'm Denver and if I'm getting close to the season and I'm sure Javante's not coming back, give me one of them. Uh, you know, I would probably like Hunt the least out of the three. And he at this point is probably just a pass catcher, but I'll take Elliott if I'm not going to have Javante. Even, you know, you, you put um, Elliott or Fournette on the Chiefs, you know, give them an, uh, an experience back. He'll ruin Pacheco, but I I think they trust him more, especially for running backs that have a nose for the end zone there. Like Zeke's been a touchdown machine for his career, so I think they could use him. And that is the big swinging point for Ezekiel Elliott is he is absolutely taking a step back. He is not the Zeke Elliott he once was, but he is still one of the best goal line backs in the NFL. He If he accepted... I am Jamal Williams now. I was just going to comp him. He could have a Jamal Williams type season where he gets in the right offense on the goal line. He scores 10 touchdowns and it's going to be ugly, but it's possible if he goes to say the Bengals even. What did Jamal get? Four million a year? Three? Four? Between three and four. I think he was low four, high three. And he's older than Zeke, I believe, isn't he? Wouldn't you rather have Zeke for four or five million? Than Jamal Williams, I think Zeke's got more left than Jamal Williams. It, it's interesting because Zeke has more wear and tear on yeah. him, but uh, yeah. also, yeah, it's 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 a toss up. They're they're just in that same category of running back. So, who would you rather have between Zeke, Fournette, and Hunt? I know you said for the Denver Broncos, you said Zeke's your number one. Is that across all teams though? It's Hunt lowest by far unless you need specifically a third down pass catcher i would say it's probably zeke but not by much like if i if if fournette was the cheaper option if he wanted to sign a one-year deal for jamal williams type money and zeke's looking for multi-years give me fournette instead as a as a bridge back but i I think it would be elliot but not by much What what do you got i think it depends on what you're looking for i think if you are looking for just a generic every down back then I'm going with Fournette because Fournette, he can play on passing downs. He can pass block. He can, he drew targets out of the backfield even last year. He is a effective yeah. receiver. So if I'm looking for a do-it-all back, just a guy in my backfield, I'm going with Fournette. 
if I am looking for a pure grinder, if I need that Jamal Williams, that Dante Foreman, then I'll go Zeke. But I still think the pass catching value gives Fournette ahead of Zeke. And then Hunt, I want him the least, but he's probably going to end up being the biggest value. He's probably going to end up signing the cheapest contract. Wouldn't you imagine? Yeah, you think, but I, I can't see. He's always kind of just been a backup since his first year in KC, but I, I think he bet on himself and lost out there. Uh, yeah, he's definitely third for me. Yeah, and he definitely lost out. It, it's interesting because there are certain backs that aren't going to be totally derailed. Nick Chubb would not be derailed, but it, even Nick Chubb would see enough of a bump down that it's concerning if they sign a Hunt, a Fournette, a Zeke. Because we literally just saw yeah, Kareem yeah. Hunt took bites out of that apple. It was less and less, but he still took enough bites out of it that it's concerned. He he seemed, Chubb specifically though, he seemed better on the games where Hunt was in the lineup. The two of them, every time it was just a one-man show, you thought they were going to explode? They were better when it was a committee. They I don't know if they just, they were more efficient and, and they were fresher when both of them were in the lineup, but their best games were when they were both on the field, which is odd, but... It's all about who got the touchdown. And that's going to be a big question about the Miami Dolphins, too, is who's getting the touchdowns? Who's getting the most touches in that backfield? Because I don't know if you've paid attention to the player profile or social media, but we do a lot of quote graphics. And the quote graphics from Devon A-Chain are all over the place because there is no consensus at player profiler who Devon A-Chain is. We all like him. We all know he's going to have a role right away. But Cody Carpentier says he's not going to have 200 touches unless something no, happens to Mostert no. or Jeff Wilson. But then other people believe that, so what? He's an RB2, even no, if he flirts with 170 touches. I just, no, I, I think he's overrated is what I think. I like, I get the talents there, and he's the, the younger, faster version of the two they have. But people still under undervalue the value of like the experience back in there. I think he's going to come in and it's going to be a, a three-way committee with him getting the least of it. And inevitably midway through the season, his entire, his touches are going to increase because one of them is going to get hurt, but people are drafting him Like he's just going to walk in and boot two, you know, running backs with six, seven years of experience. Like he's going to boot them to the curb. They're not, he's going to have to earn the trust. They're, they're not just going to give this job to him. He may eventually take over this job. And, you know, I imagine both Wilson and Mostert are on one-year deals. But long-term, this could be his his backfield all to himself next year. This year, like if you're in a redraft league, I he's going to be way overdrafted this year. There's no way he gets as many touches as everyone's projecting. And the speed, the speed is what absolutely kills, but he has the receiving profile from college as well. He's up to 192 pounds, though, Aaron. Devon Aging. He weighs Bryce 192 Young now. Bryce Young diet? Is that what he's on? <laughs> so so it'll be to, 150 next week? According to A-Chain, the reason he is gaining weight, the reason his weight is up, is because he's never actually tried to gain weight because every time football season ends, it's immediately track season. He was a sprinter, and so you're not trying to gain weight as a sprinter. So then by the time tra track season's over, training camp rolls around for college in the spring – there's no time to actually have your bulking season. So that's his excuse. That's what he says is happening. Now he can focus on being a pro athlete. Are you buying it? So where was his agent during like the pre-draft process? He couldn't have said, hey, man, maybe now go pack on 10 pounds and we'll see you go up around. Worst agent ever. 
Well, he he did back on some weight. He got up to the the mid high one eighties. Now he's one ninety two. So he he, he didn't get back. He's not getting to two hundred. I can't even say that. Good God, you can start hearing Alvin Kamara comps if he hits two hundred. Oh goodness gracious! Everyone forgets that Kamara weighs over two hundred and two fifteen. Yeah, it was two fifteen or whatever. Yeah, my favorite was the <laughs> my favorite was the Javante Williams is bigger Alvin Kamara despite weighing four pounds less than Alvin. Kamara. <laughs> I don't think they understood the uh, definition of the word bigger in that case, but okay. Yeah, because he ran angry in college. He obviously had to be bigger. But speaking of these bigger backs, Devon A-Chain versus Kendra Miller versus Roshan Johnson versus Zach Charbonnet. And somehow Chase Brown is sneaking into this conversation in Dynasty. I don't respect it, but we have to mention him because he has officially been drafted ahead of Roshan in some leagues. People just, they get on the hype train. You hear the, oh, they're going to cut Mixon. So automatically, you know what's going to happen if they do cut Mixon or they have to release Mixon or whatever? Everyone's going to buy in high on Chase Brown. And then they're going to sign one of the three guys we started the show with. And Chase Brown's value is going to fall off the cliff like like it will. That's exactly what's going to happen. And if they don't cut Mixon, Chase Brown's going to be a backup. That's it. He's nothing. Just... This is an interesting group. I think my favorite, obviously my favorite is Roshan. My next favorite would probably be Kendra Miller. I, I think I think he's going to have more value this year. I expect Kamara to get a, a, a suspension to start the season. And I think if Kendra takes, uh, gets a shot early, I don't know if he ever gives that job back. So I just, I, I like Kendra. I am out. Uh, I was out on Chase Brown to begin with. Have we forgot what this, the, the senior bowl looked like? We I posted a meme the other day of the, the guy from the replacements who had to put glue on his hands to catch the ball. That's Chase Brown. He can't catch. He fumbled everything. Charbonnet, you see Charbonnet, who the heck knows what's going on with him? Give me Roshan and Kendra out of this group here, and I'm passing on everyone at their current draft cost. Yeah, Kendra Miller, I am I'm very excited. He's supposed to be ready for training camp. And the the report, because he's not practicing with the team right now because of the knee injury. They're taking him along slowly, but they're doing the same thing with Jackson Smith and Jigba. I'm not worried yet. This was expected, but the That's report <laughs> exactly, but the report that he comes out and the thing you notice is the size of Kendra Miller, that he is just a different looking cat that bodes well, especially for a team like the saints that they think they're contending, but they're, they're not. not really. And they're going to have to shed assets to continue to pay for the ballooning salary cap. What happens if Alvin Kamara, he misses the start of the season. The Saints are losing, but Kendra Miller is playing well enough. What happens if Alvin Kamara is shipped out, say, to the Denver Broncos with Sean Payton? Yeah, that's a very likely scenario. Sean Payton's already brought half the team there. What did he get? Adam Troutman the other day, but... Yeah, Miller, just there's a guy who looks like Alvin Kamara. I'm not saying he is. Size-wise, that's an Alvin Kamara size comp. Um, like I said, he's he's going to be great. I think even if Kamara doesn't get suspended by some slim chance, I think he's still going to find a way to uh, crack, crack the lineup here. I know it's a different coach, but the Saints have always, as long as I can remember watching them, they've always loved to use multiple backs. And I know Jamal Williams is there, but he's just a goal line back, so... For as a rookie season with Kamara still in the lineup, if he's not suspended, Kendra may not get the most valuable touches. He might get the between the 20s work, but I think long term he's a good investment. Just you're gonna have to wait and see with Kamara for this year. 
Yeah, I think he's the the starting back, the lead back by 2024 at the very, very latest. Absolutely. And we're also hearing that Kayshawn Booty might not be on the Patriots roster by 2024 or even 2023. Is there a chance that Kayshawn Boutte is just cut from the Patriots, or is this just training camp hype? The Patriots don't seem to know what the heck they're doing with wide receivers. But they, so they get rid of Jacoby Myers to bring in Juju Smith-Schuster at literally the identical price tag. I think we'd all rather have Jacoby Myers. Then they who they have the a couple years before they had Bourne and Nelson Aguilar. They overpaid. Then they drafted Tyquan Thornton. They don't seem to know. You know how the Steelers every time they draft a wide receiver, it's gold. You just assume they know. The Patriots, you just assume they have no clue what the hell they're doing. This, like, I liked Boutte. I, I thought he had a solid, you know, obviously as a freshman, he was great and struggled after that, plummeted off the draft board. I, I, yeah, if they cut him, I wouldn't be surprised. You know, he's got some off-the-field issues. Belichick doesn't seem to have a, a lot of tolerance for that. But I think knowing Bill Belichick's uh, history, if he has any skill and any talent whatsoever, Bill will let him act like a fool if he's productive. So that's what it's going to be for me. I just want to see if he has any talent. And it's going to be tough to tell what happens with his talent showing off when he's up against Christian Gonzalez. This cat can move. He is just so fluid, so ridiculous. It's probably not showing up as fluid as should on your screens, but this is the guy that Keishon Butte is going to be up against in practice and when Christian Gonzalez is out there blotting out the sun, it's going to be tough for yeah. Kayshawn Butte to look good. And so, yeah, maybe he does end up getting cut. I swear, though, every year in the draft, the Ravens and the Patriots just sit, sit still, sit tight, and these high-level defensive players slip to them. And they shouldn't. How did he get outside? I thought the, the Lions would take Gonzalez at six, or like you said, before the show, at least at 12, somehow he slips to the Patriots at 17. It's okay. Bill hasn't won a Super Bowl in a couple of years. I guess let's give him a gift and bring him right back into it. I, I just I don't understand it. He was too good to go at 17. He he really was. The Lions could have won the draft if they instead of drafting Jameer Gibbs and Jack Campbell, take Christian Gonzalez and Jackson Smith and Jigba, but instead they do what they did. They're still hoping to make the playoffs and Maybe they'll be playing in one of these playoff games, or I guess the only playoff game that is not on cable television because Peacock has paid $110 million to purchase one. That is one singular playoff game. A playoff game is worth $110 million. Any thoughts? Yeah, I hope they get two terrible teams in it, but <laughs> pay all that money. But no, it's you kind of see this coming with everything's like this. Before you used to be, although I remember as a kid watching Red Wings and Tigers or Lions too for free on UPN 50. Then it was slowly transitioned to you had to have it on cable. Now you have to stream everything on the, the different apps. And then to make it worse, now you have to have a separate package for the playoffs. It's we're years away here from just being a buy it game by game you know don't want to pay for the zone like you said oh just buy you know spend 15 bucks and you can buy it for week two so this doesn't surprise me um i don't know the full details of it i did hear on the radio that um it may be zone restrictive like so say it's a detroit kansas city super bowl because that's realistic um a detroit kc super bowl and, and that was the game they were streaming 
I guess you wouldn't have to pay for it in Detroit or Kansas City in those markets. It would automatically be on their NF or whatever uh, NBC or whatever feed. It's the out of market uh, places that would have to pay for it. But like I said, I don't really know all the details of it. It's just more cash coming out of my wallet is what it is. It really is. And I'm hoping as Canadians, maybe we won't be impacted. Maybe we'll still get it on our TV. Maybe we'll get it on the zone as Toronto Dave says, but either way, this is the problem because the NFL is King. People are going to pay it. We're just going to hate it every step of the way. And I, I just wish there was a solution, right? There's no, there's no answer. On DAZN, we're already paying. Yeah, like you have to keep paying for the playoffs anyway. So really, this is just, a, you know, they're just breaking it down now. Instead of paying for the playoffs, you're playing paying for it one game at a time. Just nickel and dime you any way they can because it's the NFL. They really do, and they can. They just, they can do it because it's who they are. They have all of the power. They have all of the money. When they have players like Lamar Jackson, that we are all excited to see. Lamar Jackson is back in action for the Baltimore Ravens. And, of course, he's in slow-mo because, as you know, every highlight matters more when it is in slow motion. Am I right, Aaron? Yeah, absolutely. Well, not only is he in slow-mo, he is in shorts. That's the key. You got to see those quads, and he is in shorts and a tight-fitting shirt. Well, man, he probably just went up three rounds. He he did. He absolutely did. What are your actual thoughts on Lamar Jackson for this year, though? Are you in or are you out? And I know the shorts video does not change your opinion. No, I like him a lot better now that he's signed. He was one of the ones I was working on an article in the event he didn't sign. Um, a rushing quarterback who was going to play on the franchise tag. I hate it because you just know he's going to be making business decisions and he's going to be protecting himself. And I, I don't know if that's what happened last year at some point, but I do not want a primarily rushing quarterback on a franchise tag. So the fact that he, he like, he was someone I was avoiding. I, if he slipped to, you know, QB 10 or whatever with Tua in that I was taking him. but now he's on a long-term deal. He's back in my, I think he's probably, four or five for me, somewhere between four and six. So I'm, I'm back in now that I don't have to worry about him making a business decision. But conversely, now that he's gotten paid, do you think maybe he dials it back a little? It's a real enigma here. I, so I was listening to the, uh, the current offensive coordinator, former Georgia offensive coordinator, Todd Monken, talk about it. And he was really careful with his words and that I can't say I'm going to run him less because he is really special in that regard. But we're going to have to be more careful and more choosy. And so what I hear when I, what I hear when I hear that is Lamar is going to run the same, but he's going to run more effective. We're not going to have QB draws up the middle. Yeah. It's not going to be reverse read options where he runs up the gut. We're going to run less QB powers. It's going to be less. We're bigger and better than you and more spread them out. Now Lamar run, because if yeah. he does get tackled, then it's by smaller defensive backs and he's okay. Yeah. That reads to me as he's still going to, you know, he's still going to scramble a fair bit and run. And when he does run on a designed play, it's going to be a designed outside. You're not going to see him taking the QB sneaks up the middle. Like you said, it's going to be sweeps and outside stuff. There's not going to be any up the middle running, you know, and they're just going to, they got to teach him to slide him and Josh Allen need to learn to slide. That's exactly what I was going to say. It sounds as though Josh Allen is going through a similar transition. And 
it needs to happen. We need these quarterbacks to take care of themselves, and we need these teams to take care of these quarterbacks. Absolutely. Final question before we get you out of here. Traylon Burks. Traylon Burks is excited. He is getting hype now because he has no issues breathing. You remember last year it was the pollen and it was the asthma. Asthma inhaler. All of that nonsense. This year, Traylon Burks feels faster because he can breathe. Are we in or out on Traylon Burks? And who is his quarterback for all 17 games? I am in. I don't think there is a quarterback for 17 games. I think you see Ryan Tannehill start the season, and by midseason, it's Will Levis. I, I don't hate this team as much as everyone else, though. I like. I get it. This might be Henry's last ride here, but the offense isn't terrible. I'm really high on Burks. I'm really high on Chig. And pretty much every player you talk to or see interviewed on Tennessee, the first thing they see is, man, you wouldn't believe how good Kyle Phillips is. So I, I even like Phillips. Uh, I'm in on pretty much this entire offense. Just, you know, based on the fact that it's either Tannehill or Levis, they're all a good value right now. So I'll take all of them. But I'm definitely in. Burks is my first choice. Burks over Chigakonkwo? Yeah. Yes. All right. I can dig it. I can absolutely dig it. Aaron, plug your pluggables before we get you out of here. Where can all of the people find you? Because you have been spectacular. Uh, catch my work at Player Profiler. Uh, you can also tune on, tune into my podcast at youtube.com slash ffmadscientist, where we're in daily. Right now, we're breaking down the 32 teams for fantasy. Uh, that's pretty much what, what I'm up to lately. Thanks for having me, Jack. The pleasure is all mine, my friend. 